Good Thursday evening, and you're tuned in to the edition of Parents of Prodigals broadcast. I'm your host, Brother Alan Weir, and today, again, it's Thursday, June 16th. It is 7 o'clock in the evening, and this is the second, the second broadcast, podcast, that is, of Parents of Prodigals. Our first podcast was last week. It was the debut show. And in our first show, uh, I explained what Parents for Prodigals is all about. This is a live, a live podcast show uh, dedicated to the parents of wayward children, whether they're teenagers or adults, who have either wandered from the faith or have never accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. And the purpose of this show is, number one, to provide a forum for parents of our children who have either strayed from the faith or have never come to the faith to come in and to um, share what their burdens are for their children. You can hear my cuckoo clock in the background. Excuse the noise. But... For parents of these children to call in and share their burdens and uh, share what they're going through with regards to uh, their wayward uh, children. Uh, and I myself am the parent of two adult children who have not come to the faith. And it was the burden that I felt for my two children uh, that inspired. Uh, me to start this podcast um, to provide a forum for parents to call in and share what their burdens are for their wayward children. Also, we will be uniting in prayer when parents call in and share what their burdens are. We will be uniting in prayer and intercession for these children. That is the main thrust of this podcast, to unite in prayer to intercede, to petition for their salvation, um, as well as to confront and cast out the demonic powers and the evil spirits and demonic influences that have our children and young people bound. Um, I shared in our initial broadcast that um, Many of us have teenage children who maybe at one time when they were smaller, we were taking them to church and they were attending Sunday school and and they were coming willingly. And as we all know, when children get older and they become teenagers, maybe 14, 15, 16 or 17 even, um, they decide that they do not want to go to church anymore. They refuse to go. Maybe they don't want to hear the gospel. They don't want to participate in Bible reading. They don't want to participate in prayer. And they rebel. They no longer have an interest in the things of God, if they ever did. And they may become belligerent and disrespectful. Maybe they have peers, friends of theirs, in their neighborhood or even in school who are influencing them in a negative manner to not read the Bible, 
uh, maybe telling them that religion and Christ and the church and God uh, are for older people, but um, not for them. So there are many influences on our young people. We also have adult children. Many of us have adult children who are career-oriented, which is not wrong. Careers are not wrong. Successful careers are not wrong in and of themselves. However, uh, many of our adult children are involved in uh, their careers, and their careers are preoccupying them to the point where they have pushed God in the background, and they have no longer an interest in going to church. Too busy with career, too busy with friends, too busy with uh, money-making pursuits for God. And perhaps maybe they do attend church now and then, but in terms of committing their life to Christ, surrendering their life to Christ, and living a life of obedience and consecration, uh, that's not something that truly interests them. So um, when we have this podcast, we provide a forum for parents to call in, share their burdens, and then we pray, we intercede, we enter the prayer closet, and we petition, and we provide supplication on behalf of our adult children and teenage children, that the Lord touch their hearts, that the Lord soften the hardened heart of our young people, that the Lord open their eyes, if their eyes have been blinded, that there are, the Lord opened the mind of our children so that they're receptive to hear the gospel. Um, as I've said in our initial broadcast, um, and I'll repeat what I said because it does bear repeating, I do not believe we are living in the last days. I believe we are living in the last moments. I believe that Christ can come any moment now, the rapture is the next event on the prophetic calendar. And I believe the rapture could take place any moment. The rapture could take place even before this broadcast is ended. And our children, whether they're teenagers or adults, God forbid, will be left behind, unfortunately, to face a seven-year period known as the Great Tribulation when unspeakable judgments will be released on the earth, justly so, and our children will be left behind. And, and I myself agonize over that. I uh, Many times, many of us have seen uh, prophetic movies. Maybe some of us have seen the Tim LaHaye movies, the Left Behind series, um, and other uh, biblical movies about the rapture. And while... The rapture is our living hope. It gives us hope, and we are looking forward to it. Um, It is our blessed hope to be raptured, harpazoed, as our pastor of our church, sole purpose evangelical church, so often says. We will all be harpazoed, taken up in the twinkling of an eye, raptured by our Lord at that moment when the trumpet blows. But unfortunately, our children, if they are not saved and have not surrendered their life to Christ, will not be raptured, and they will be left behind, and that weighs heavily on many of our minds as parents. And so we intercede and we pray for them. This is an opportunity, if you're listening to this broadcast, if you are the parent of a prodigal child, to call in. 
on this live podcast and share your burdens and you and I and any other believers who have tuned in will unite in prayer. We will approach the throne of grace in supplication, intercession, and petition on behalf of our wayward prodigal sons and daughters. And we will go after the powers of darkness, bind the enemy, bind the strong man. And again, as I've said before, the same way Abraham entered the enemy camp and rescued Lot um, from the enemy camp, you and I will unite in prayer and enter the enemy camp and rescue our loved ones from the grip and power of the enemy that has our that have our loved ones uh, in bondage. It may be the bondage of drug addiction. It may be the bondage of alcoholism, gang affiliation, uh, an illicit lifestyle. Uh, illicit sexual behavior. It could be hostility, just general hostility to the gospel. Uh, many of our young people are hostile to the gospel and to the church. Uh, they've become embittered by what they've seen. Unfortunately, there is hypocrisy in the church, and many of our young people, the enemy uses that to keep our wayward children bitter against the church and against accepting Christ. Why should I accept Christ? Why should I surrender my life to the Lord? Many of our young people are involved in alternate religions, Eastern religions. Uh, many of our young people, many of our prodigal sons and daughters believe that there are many paths to God, and it doesn't matter which path you take. All paths lead to God, and that's what they believe. It is a lie and a deception from the evil one to keep our prodigal sons and daughters from the truth. And it is our responsibility to intercede, petition, and come before the throne of grace and supplication for our wayward prodigal sons and daughters and pray for their salvation. And it's also a time of prayer for the parents of these prodigals. Many times we as parents uh, can become discouraged. We can become uh, worried about our young people uh, to the point where our faith is challenged, especially if we see that our young people are deeply embedded in some vice and some lifestyle, and we may believe that they are beyond salvation or it isn't going to happen. A tough nut to crack is what many times comes into our minds about this situation. And so we doubt God's ability to save our wayward sons and daughters. That also is a lie from the enemy. No child is beyond saving, and nothing is too hard for the Lord. So that is what this podcast is about. And of course, again, if you're listening and you are the parent of a prodigal, we invite you to call in. Even if you're the parent of a prodigal and want to share some insights, we invite you to call in and share your insights uh, with myself and with anyone who's listening on what your opinions are regarding prodigals. You know, it's often been said, even by uh, my pastor at Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, that the believer has three enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And many times these three entities will come into play to make us doubt that our young people can come to Christ. The first thing, of course, the enemy himself will whisper into our ears and tell us that our child is lost eternally, 
There is no sense in praying for them. They are too deeply embedded in sin, and they are not come to come to the Lord. Uh, he makes us doubt God, and that can also make us embittered. Sometimes the, the, the world, you have the enemy, the devil, the world, the flesh, and the devil. The world can come into play. We may have um, other people who tell us that our children are too deeply embedded. Other Christians, believe it or not, can be a source of discouragement. If they provide you with negative feedback, they don't speak life into our situation. Instead, they speak death and they discourage us. Uh, maybe someone you know may be telling you that, um, that your child is beyond salvation, that your child is not going to come to Christ. The flesh comes into play as well. Uh, we ourselves may begin to doubt that the Lord is capable of saving our children. And that in turn, of course, can affect our prayers. The scripture clearly says that when we pray, we are to pray in faith. And that's a very difficult thing to do when we have negative feedback coming into our ears and into our mind and into our spirit. Nothing is too hard for our God. No nut is too hard for him to crack. I want to share a passage of scripture. Uh, we always start our podcast with a devotional uh, to provide a source of encouragement and, and just comfort and strength for those of you who are prodigal parents. So I'm going to be reading from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37, and I'll be reading from verses 1 through 14. I will be reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 through 14. The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. And he led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. And they were scattered everywhere across the ground, and were completely dried out. And then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. And then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to these bones, and say, Dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you, and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. And then you will know that I am the Lord. And so I spoke this message just as he told me. And suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. And then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones, and then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. And then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. And so I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. 
And they all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. And then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying we have become old and dry. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. O my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. And then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And when this happens, O my people, you will know that I am the Lord. And I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your own land. And then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken. I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. This particular passage of scripture directly talks about the children of Israel. And at that point in time, they were in exile and they were far from God. And this is a picture of the dry bones representing the spiritual condition of the children of Israel. No hope, total desolation, no chance of resurrection or life. And these bones were not fresh corpses. These were bones that had been left there for an extended period of time. That's why it's called the Valley of Dry Bones. A valley is a very deep and dark place where there is little or no hope, little or no refreshment. And these were dry bones, bones that had been left there, the bones of the deceased, the dead, devoid of life, devoid of refreshment. But nothing, again, nothing is too hard for God. And although this is a picture of the children of Israel, this is also a picture of the ability of God to bring to life where there is nothing but death and dryness. And many of our prodigal sons and daughters are in the valley of dry bones. Our situation is like that as well. We look at them and we may feel that they are beyond salvation. They are the valley of dry bones as far as we're concerned. And we have to believe God that he can bring to life what is dead, bring breath into what is devoid of life. And so we pray for our prodigal sons and daughters in this spiritual valley of dry bones where our prodigal sons and daughters are. And we believe God for life. We speak life into our situation. And we rebuke, we rebuke, we rebuke the power of the enemy who would discourage us and make us doubt God's ability to save our prodigal sons and daughters. You know, I was thinking about a situation I myself faced not too long ago. I had a vehicle in my driveway that had multiple mechanical problems. And I had invested a lot of money in getting it repaired, but it reached a point at one point in time when the vehicle had way too many mechanical problems wrong with it. I am not a mechanic. In addition to not being a technical person, I am also not a mechanic. And so this car sat in the driveway and for an extended period of time, rust began to appear on it. And there was a problem with the engine. There was a problem with the transmission. There was a problem with the fuel pump. And this car was just completely dead as far as I was concerned because I did not have the expertise to repair this vehicle. This car was scrap, ready for the scrapyard. 
But that's as far as I'm concerned. I am not a trained mechanic, nor do I possess the ability to restore what is broken in a vehicle that is damaged like this. But a trained mechanic drove by, one who had the ability and the tools and the knowledge and the capability to take this vehicle and transform it by repairing it. He had the skills, he had the power, he had the ability to take what I thought was scrap and was not capable of being salvaged. And this mechanic, in a nutshell, sort of took this car off my hands. And I, of course, did not sell it to him because this car, of course, was, in my opinion, uh, totally gone. But the mechanic took it. And as far as I know, this mechanic fixed what needed to be fixed on the vehicle and made it run again. But this mechanic had the knowledge, the tools, the capability, and the skills to restore and bring to life what I thought was dead. And that's the way it is with our prodigal sons and daughters. We may think, other people may think, that they are beyond saving. Even our own children may say that about themselves. They may say that they have no interest in the things of God, and they are beyond uh saving. They're just not going to come to Christ. They have no interest. But like the Valley of Dry Bones and like a vehicle that was parked in my driveway, our God is all-powerful. He can bring to life what is dry and dead, and he can repair what is, we thought, beyond repair and damaged goods. Our God is powerful. Our God is capable. All we need to do is believe in him. And I'm not going to lie to you. Many times I myself have struggled with this with my own two children. Uh, There are times when the enemy whispers in my ear many times that uh, my son and daughter are beyond salvation. They are too deeply embedded in their lifestyles, in their pursuits, and that They are not going to come to Christ. That is a satanic lie. It is a deception. It is a trick of the enemy to get us to doubt God. And sometimes when we doubt God enough, we can even stop praying. And that, of course, would be an error for us to do. We need to continue to pray for our wayward sons and daughters and for their salvation. So that is what this show is about. And I wanted to share with you those insights in the event you are the parent of a prodigal son or daughter and you're listening to this podcast. We invite you to call in and if not for prayer, to share your insights about your children, what your thoughts are, what your burdens are, and just to talk about what your opinions are regarding how to approach our prodigal sons and daughters and and what your concerns are. So this is, again, the Parents of Prodigals broadcast, and this is a weekly live program where we invite you, the listener, to call in and uh, request prayer and share your insights uh, regarding the burdens you have for your wayward sons and daughters. I also think about the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul described himself as the least of the apostles because he said 
he was the least because he persecuted the church. You know, when Paul was holding the garments of the people who were stoning the disciple Stephen, he was most likely the last person anyone would think would come to Christ. Uh, a Pharisee steeped in the law, completely hostile to the gospel, to the point where he hunted down Christians and called for their death, if not killing them himself, or commanding soldiers who would kill them. But again, nothing is impossible for God. And the Apostle Paul, as close-minded as he was to the gospel, as hardened and as hostile as he was to the message of salvation, he was knocked down on the Damascus Road by the power of God. And the Lord spoke to him. And we all know what was the result of this encounter. The Apostle Paul accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior, and he became a witness and a testimony on the power of God to do anything and everything. Nothing is impossible for God. It's a scary thing. That's what it took to bring Paul to the foot of the cross. He needed to be knocked down off his horse, so to speak, off his high horse, knocked down, put to the ground, blinded as well. That's what it took. And many times you and I as parents are afraid and hesitant to say the, the words which are very scary to say, Lord, do whatever it takes to save our wayward sons and daughters. That is indeed a scary prayer to pray. But God knows what's best. He knows what it would take to bring your child to the foot of the cross. He knows what it would take to break the stubborn will of your son or your daughter, whether they're a teenager or an adult. And when we surrender our children to the Lord and we intercede for them and we pray for them, we need to tell God, Lord, we surrender our children to you. And we ask you to do whatever it takes to save them. You know what needs to be done. I would love to see my son and daughter come to Christ and become missionaries or become Bible teachers or enter ministry. But that's what I want. And that's the way I would solve the problem. But again, our Lord knows what's best. And he knows what it would take to save our wayward sons and daughters, what it would take to break the stubborn self-will, open the blind eyes, and open the darkened mind of our wayward children. And so we surrender them to the Lord to do what is best and do whatever it takes. And we ask God for the strength not to interfere with what God needs to do, but to move out of the way and let God have his way. You know, there is a song that we sing in one of our fellowships, and one of the lyrics of the song, the name of the song escapes me, that mentions that even when we don't see him, he is working. Even when we don't feel him, he is working. We may not see. Our wayward sons and daughters may be in another state. We may not know where they are. But when we intercede for them and we pray for them and we lift them up in petition and we bind the strong man and the powers of the enemy, we commit them to the Lord's hands. And we need to trust that God is working in their lives and that he is moving 
in the way that he chooses to move in the time that he chooses to take. There is an appointed time for everything, and there is an appointed way for everything. God knows what is best. God knows what he is doing, and God knows what needs to be done to save our wayward children. So, and I just got a message from my brother, Jamie Schock. I couldn't remember the name of the song. It is Waymaker. Waymaker. That is the song that I was making reference to. Thank you, brother Jamie. My mind went blank for a moment there. And that describes what our God is. He is a waymaker. When we don't see a way, he makes the way. You and I may not see a way that our children are going to get saved, but God knows. God knows what is the best way to do it, the best time to do it. And we need to completely trust him and commit the entire situation into his hands. So I was uh, happy to share these insights with you and this very short devotion from the book of Ezekiel. And it's my prayer that my insights and what I shared uh, was an encouragement to to those of you. I know when I was uh, praying this afternoon and doing my study on Ezekiel, this passage of scripture from Ezekiel 37 truly spoke to me and encouraged me when I think about my children being in a valley of dry bones. God can bring to life what is dead. He is the God of resurrection, and he can resurrect a situation that we think is dead. He can roll away the tomb, and in that tomb are our sons and daughters. And then when that tomb is rolled away, the same way Jesus called out, Lazarus, come forward, our children are in a dead spiritual condition, and there was a huge rock blocking the way. The Lord can roll away the tomb and call out to come forward, and our children will come forward in salvation, filled with the Holy Spirit and delivered from all bondage, if we believe and trust the Lord. And that being said, we're going to take a short break. We have reached the halfway mark of our show, and we are going to just play some music for you, and we will return with more insights and possibly some call-ins to share some insights. Again, this is the Parents of Prodigals podcast.
Okay, we are having a few technical difficulties there. So that being said, um, was my intention to play some music. Actually, I was going to play uh, a song called I Will Rise by Chris Tomlin, an instrumental. And it was an instrumental piece which uh, was sent to me. And, you know, in reviewing the music, I'm very careful about what I would play on this podcast. The lyrics to the song, I Will Rise, talk about the need to be encouraged and the necessity of just being encouraged with what we're facing. Um, The lyrics to this song are, there's a peace I've come to know through my heart and flesh may fail. There's an anchor for my soul and I can say it as well. Jesus has overcome and the grave is overwhelmed. The victory is won. He is risen from the dead. And I will rise when he calls my name. No more sorrow, no more pain. I will rise on eagle's wings before my God fall on my knees. And rise, I will rise. And then it goes on to say, there's a day that's drawing near when this darkness breaks to light and the shadows disappear and my faith shall be my eyes. Jesus has overcome and the grave is overwhelmed. The victory is won. He is risen from the dead. And I will rise when he calls my name. No more sorrow, no more pain. I will rise on eagle's wings before my God fall on my knees. And rise, I will rise. This particular song is a song of hope that speaks to the believer uh, in any situation that we're facing that's difficult and that we may need encouragement and strength uh, for what we're facing regarding our prodigal sons and daughters. And when a song like this is played, uh, in addition to many other songs, which we'll be playing hopefully in the near future, uh, these songs provide us with encouragement I'm reminded of a song, one of my favorite songs, by an artist by the name of John Waller. And the name of the song is called Waiting. And this is a particular song which is a favorite of mine because it speaks of the necessity of waiting on God, especially when we're praying for something, a particular situation, maybe a particular person or a crisis that we're going through. And... We're in the middle of the storm. We're in the middle of the situation. And at that point in time, all we can do is just wait and continue to be faithful and serve. And this particular song has seen me through many a crisis, many a situation, and even the lyrics that mention, while I'm waiting, I will worship. While I'm waiting, I will serve you. And as we pray for our prodigal sons and daughters, we need to be patient and we need to wait on God to do what needs to be done. We cannot become discouraged. We cannot become embittered. We cannot become weary in our hope that our loved ones, our sons and our daughters will come to Christ. It's very easy to become discouraged. It's very easy 
to say enough. I've waited long enough. I'm done praying. Nothing is going to happen. There is no hope. And they're never going to come to Christ. What is God waiting for? Why is he taking so long? Well, again, God knows what's best. And he knows what it will take to save our unsaved sons and daughters from the wayward condition that they're in. So that particular song is a tremendous encouragement to me. And I would like to encourage you, any parents who are listening to this broadcast, not to lose hope, no matter what your sons and daughters are involved in, no matter where they are. You may not know where they are. You may not know what they're doing. You may not know who they're involved with. You may not know what they're involved in. And the unknown can be a very scary and frightening thing. We want to know. We want to know what God is going to do. We want to know when he's going to do it. We want to know how he's going to do it. And when we don't know, that's a tremendous test of our faith. When all we have left is the necessity of trusting God with the situation, sometimes we don't have any answers. Sometimes we just have to purely trust, like Job. Uh, Job we know, you and I know what was going on behind the scenes and what was happening. But Job did not know. All he knew was that all his loved ones were gone, all his resources had disappeared, and his health was affected as well. But he remained faithful and he trusted God even his wife encouraged him. His wife was telling him to throw in the towel and not to trust the Lord anymore. And Job responded to her that she was talking foolishly and that we need to continue. He needed to continue to trust God no matter what was happening. And that's the situation with you and I. We, have, we may not have any answers about our prodigal sons and daughters, we may not know where they are or what they're doing. We may not know when they're going to get saved. It may be years. We would like to think that we're going to pray for them and the prayer will be answered right away. Many times we may invite our wayward sons and daughters to church and they may come to church. They may come to a prayer meeting or a service. Many times just to get us off their backs, they may come to church and they may leave after the service is over and we say to ourselves, I don't understand. They came to the service. They didn't accept Christ. Uh, we going to get discouraged. We may have expectations, our expectations about the way we want things to go and the way God should answer the prayer. And they may not answer the first altar call, but we need to, again to just commit our children to the Lord and trust that he knows what is best. His timing is right, his methods are best, and he knows what it would take to break, again, the stubborn self-will of our wayward sons and daughters. So, again, this is the Parents of Prodigals podcast. This is a weekly live call-in show where we invite people to call in, and we would like to hear your insights 
we would like to get feedback from you. Uh, if you are not calling in for prayer and you just want to share some of your insights regarding this particular topic, uh, prodigal children, their waywardness, uh, how to approach them, the situation that you yourself are facing, we would invite you to call in and we would love to hear from you and what you have to say and what your insights are. So uh, again, this podcast was born of a burden that I had for my own children and a desire to see them saved. Uh, I had engaged in conversation on many occasions with brothers and sisters in my church who had unsaved sons and daughters. And we would sit down and talk about our mutual situations and what we were facing. Uh, some of the people I spoke to, their children um, were involved in alternate lifestyles. Others uh, were just hostile to the gospel, had no interest in church. And it was shared to me that they had invited their children to come but they did not want to. Uh, other parents I've spoken to in my church have uh, teenage children who have no interest in the gospel, are too busy being teenagers. And of course, there's nothing wrong with being a teenager. But again, as I've said before many times, our, our teens have reached a point where they are not interested in the things of God. You know, when I think about many people in the scriptures, many of the apostles, we tend to think of the apostles as being older men. Um, I have no doubt that many of them were young, young adults, uh, maybe perhaps in their 20s. Um, and they came to the faith. David, the shepherd boy, was very young. These were young people. These were not people advanced in years. Uh, these were young people. The apostles, I'm pretty sure, were young. David was very young. And they turned their lives over to the Lord at a young age to follow our Lord. And it continued on into adulthood. And so uh, we would love to see our prodigal sons and daughters serve the Lord at a young age. Uh, you may be the parent of a teenager, a 16 or 17-year-old who has no desire to come to church, no desire to pray, maybe no desire even to say grace at the kitchen table, let alone even eat with the family anymore. Um, and of course, we pray for them. We pray that they, their eyes are opened and their hearts, if they're hardened, are softened. Um, Perhaps maybe we may be praying that there may be a classmate who is a believer who can witness to them, or maybe a neighbor friend. Many times our teenage children won't listen to us, but they would listen to somebody else, a peer perhaps. And so we pray, we pray that our teenage children may have, may run across an unsaved peer in school who is a believer, who will be a witness to them. Or maybe we're praying for our adult children, and we pray that a co-worker, a saved co-worker, that God places somebody in their path who would witness to them and preach the gospel to them. Uh, we may not be there to witness to them, 
but we can commit the prayer that God send somebody in their path, a neighbor, a co-worker, maybe a friend who is a believer, and this person will be a testimony to them and witness to them and share the gospel with them. These are all different situations involving our prodigal sons and daughters, some teens, some adults, some in school, some in the workplace. And we need to commit to prayer that God send people their way. If they won't listen to us, maybe they'll listen to somebody else. Maybe perhaps they'll run across a Christian song that will speak to them. Again, God has his own way, his own method of reaching our prodigal sons and daughters. And so, as we come to the near ending of this podcast, we are at the 10-minute left mark of our podcast. What I would like to do before this podcast is over is say a prayer, a generalized prayer for anyone who is listening to this podcast. Maybe you are listening and you didn't want to call in. Maybe you weren't ready to call in. That's okay, too. But what we will do is we will say a general prayer for anyone listening right now who is the parent of an unsaved son or daughter that is in need of salvation. And when we pray for them, we're going to also pray for you, the parent, that God strengthen and encourage you and that you continue to remain faithful and constant in prayer, that your children become saved. We will also come boldly before the throne of grace and rebuke the power of the enemy that has our young people, our children in bondage. And so that being said, if you're listening to this podcast, I would like for you to join me, unite with me in prayer uh, for anyone who's listening who has an unsaved child. And there may be some of you who have children, whether teenagers or adults, who are believers but maybe are going through difficult times, hanging on to their faith. Maybe their walk with the Lord is being challenged by temptations from peers, from fleshly temptations, or the lure of the world to go back. It may be a classmate, it may be a friend, but many of us have saved children, teenagers and adults, and they're struggling in the faith, and they're hanging on as tightly as possible against the lures of the world, the flesh, and the devil. We are going to pray for them as well. And so, unite with me in prayer right now as we come before the throne of grace for our prodigal sons and daughters, the parents of our prodigal sons and daughters, and our sons and daughters who are in the faith and struggling. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you, Lord God, and we need to come to you clean in your sight, Lord God, with clean hands and a clean conscience as well. And first and foremost, Lord, we want to ask you for forgiveness. If there's anything that we have said that was displeasing to you, if there's anything that we've done that has been displeasing to you and out of alignment with the way you want us to live. We have behaved in a manner which is not consistent and worthy of our calling. 
if we have had any thoughts that are not godly thoughts, Lord God. All these things we come, bef- we bring before you, and we ask for your forgiveness, your cleansing, that you wash us clean with the blood of your beloved Son, Jesus. So we come before you. Lord, your word says, who can come before your holy hill? Those with a clean hands and a pure heart. We don't want anything to hinder our prayers, Lord. And so we humbly ask your forgiveness for anything that will hinder our prayers and we come before you clean. And Lord, we would first want to pray for our wayward sons and daughters, those of us that have sons and daughters who are not in the faith, Lord God. Maybe those who are involved in illicit lifestyles or maybe not interested in the gospel, not interested in the message of salvation, hostility towards the gospel. We lift them up in prayer, Lord God. And we pray right now, Lord, that you open up, unstop the ears which are closed to the message of salvation. We ask you to open the minds of the wayward sons and daughters who have no interest in opening up their minds to the message of the gospel or even considering it, Lord God. We ask that you open up the eyes of our unsaved sons and daughters so that they may see the truth. Your word says in Romans, Lord God, that the enemy has blinded the eyes of the unsaved so that they will not see the truth. And we pray for our unsaved sons and daughters that you open up their eyes so that they will see the truth and know the truth, Lord God, and the truth will set them free. And after you've opened up their ears so that they may hear, open up their minds so that they'll be receptive, and open up their eyes that they may see, that you open up their mouths, that they may confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and surrender their lives to you, Lord God. We take authority over the powers of the enemy right now. This is not just intercessory prayer, Lord God, but this is warfare against the powers of darkness, my God. And we lift up our sons and daughters and we rebuke the power of the enemy that will blind the eyes, close the minds, close the ears of our young people. We rebuke the enemy and his schemes. We pull down the strongholds which are against the gospel message to our young people. We rebuke the power of the enemy, Lord God, and we command the enemy to release our wayward sons and daughters from the hold that he has on them. We enter the enemy's camp right now in the name of Jesus, and we rescue our loved ones the same way Abraham rescued Lot. We bind the strong man, take his goods. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And we will not allow that to happen to our unsaved sons and daughters. We will rescue them from the power of the enemy. We rebuke the power of the enemy. We take authority over the enemy. And we claim our sons and daughters for Christ. We claim them by faith. And we speak life over them. They are covered by the blood of Jesus, Lord God. That's what we pray for, Lord God. We lift up, Lord God, those sons and daughters who are in the faith, Lord God, whether they're teenagers or adults, young people 
sons and daughters who are believers and are struggling to hang on to their faith, struggling to maintain their testimonies, struggling against temptation, Lord God, trying to remain faithful against any temptation that the enemy is bringing their way. Lord, we pray that you strengthen our sons and daughters who are believers and are trying to remain strong. Don't let the enemy lure them away. Don't let the enemy lure them away with with worldly pleasures or temptations, Lord God. Don't let the enemy lure them away with apathy, Lord God, or the desire to pursue other things. Or don't let the enemy put you let you let them put you in the background, Lord God. Many times we can put you in the background, Lord God, and put other things first. We pray that our Christian sons and daughters keep you first and foremost in the front of their lives, Lord God. And nothing, absolutely nothing come between you and them, Lord God. Keep our sons and daughters who are saved, whether they're in college, at work, on their way to college, Lord God, in the community, no matter where they are. Keep them, Lord God. Keep them, strengthen them, maintain them, Lord God. You know the way of the righteous, Lord God, but the way of the wicked will perish. And I pray that our Christian sons and daughters who are in the faith, that you keep them, Lord. I also want to lift up in prayer the parents of these Christian sons and daughters and the parents of prodigals as well. Lord, being a parent never ends, Lord God. When they're small and they're toddlers or they're infants, we worry. And when they're adults, they may be in the military, they may be incarcerated, they may be focusing on their careers, even when they're adults, we worry about them. It never ends, Lord. Our love for them never ends. Our concern for them never ends. And so I lift up in prayer every parent who is listening to this podcast that you strengthen them, that you give them the encouragement that they need to remain constant and steadfast in prayer, Lord God. Continuously remaining constant in prayer for their unsaved sons and daughters and their saved ones as well, Lord God, and that we don't become weary in our prayer. Again, the effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Help us to remain righteous. Help us to remain effectual in our prayers. Help us to continue, not just to bring up our young children, our young adults, whether they're teenagers or or adult children, to continuously bring them before the throne of grace and intercession and prayer. But make us all prayer warriors, going up against the powers of darkness boldly, fighting for our sons and daughters, saved and unsaved, covering them with the blood of Christ and speaking life to them, Lord God, being free from discouragement and just hiding behind the shield of faith and using the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, to come against the wiles of the enemy. Strengthen the feeble hands, Lord God. Strengthen the parents of prodigal sons and daughters so that they don't get discouraged and give up hope that their loved ones will come to Christ. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. And right now, Lord God, we step out in faith and we thank you and we praise you and we give you all the honor and the glory, believing that you will bring to pass the same way, Lord God, you brought life to the valley of dry bones. You, Lord, can do it. Nothing is impossible for you. And we trust you to do 
What is impossible to flesh is not impossible to you, Lord God. We just trust you, we believe you, and we praise you for answers which are already given for the salvation of our prodigal sons and daughters and the strengthening of our saved sons and daughters and the strengthening of the parents of these children. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've reached the hour mark of the Parents of Prodigals podcast, and although no one had called in, we would ask you, actually, we do have somebody calling in now. Um, I think my brother Jamie wants to call in. Is he there? Brother Jamie, if you're listening, I'd like to add you on. Again, this is the Parents of Prodigals podcast, and we are reaching the one-hour mark of our show. We want to thank you for tuning in to our podcast. Uh, We will be on the air again next week, next Thursday at 7 o'clock. This is a one-hour show from 7 to 8. And we invite you to call in and share your insights and your input regarding uh, prodigal sons and daughters. So again, until next week, uh, please tune in. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, God bless you and continue in prayer for your sons and daughters. Don't give up hope. Remain steadfast in prayer. And as it is said in the Greek, stekos, stand fast in the faith. Praise God. Good night.